you just did that. Yeah. Oh my God. Are we actually going to do this? I think so. Hi. Hi. And welcome to To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books. <laughs> yes. And cocktails that go with them. Yes. I love it. I'm Sarah Westcott. I am Katie Willie. We're friends. <laughs> and we're so happy to have you here with us. Um, so I'm Sarah and uh, I'm 37 years old um, and I have two beautiful kids and a husband who I love sometimes. Well, most of the time. I don't always like him. <laughs> he set um, us up with this, so I think you're good. He did. Yeah, he's very he's very techy. He's the one who set us up in, in uh, inside my closet, by the way. We're in my walk-in closet. There's been a picture. You'll find it later. Yeah, on our on our socials, which we will tell you about soon. <laughs> I'm a paralegal. I a paralegal who has always loved to read. Um, paralegal was not my job option uh, originally, but that's what I am, I guess. Um, and that's I guess enough about me for now. What about you, Katie? Um, I also have a husband that I love most of the time, <laughs> and two gorgeous kids, uh, two boys. So I am the sole female. Unless you count my cat. <laughs> I am a budget analyst for the state, and I think I like my job until I don't like my job, and then I realize I work for the state, and that's why I might not like my job all that much, and I'm super happy that Sarah encouraged me to take the step and just start doing yeah, this. Yeah, the podcast. Yay! Huge reader. I've always read, and this is going to be our next step, and it's awesome. I think so. It's a little scary, obviously, um, to start something new. Especially when you're like surrounded by sweatshirts. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely surrounded by a lot of sweaters and sweatshirts. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, hey Sarah, can you tell me something fun and factoid about yourself? Ooh, factoid. Yeah. Um, so I am a uh, an avid runner, distance runner. I love running distances. Um, and I have done a half marathon in twenty states so far. And how many do you have left? 30. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I keep saying 25 for some reason. But um, I'm hoping to be done with that by the time I'm 50. So, you know, I've got 30. Oh, my God. No, 13 more years to go. <laughs> Math is not good. Math is food. not good. No, 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 no. It's not good for me. What about you? So I have to tell you, I am obviously an avid reader, which is why we're here. Mm -hmm. And I am also a huge Jigsaw puzzle fan. I really like puzzles of all varieties, but Jigsaws for some reason are my go-to. Yeah especially of the Disney variety. I am a 40-year-old woman that likes Disney puzzles and am planning on decorating my entire basement in completed framed Disney puzzles. Well, how many have you done so far? I have no idea. There's a giant stack in my room. Wait, have you put them together, like they are... Mod Podged them or whatever nope, that's called? No glue. Just no? put them in a frame and then they don't fall apart. Uh, oh, okay. See, yes. I always put the glue on it and then just like, I don't like the frame because it like makes it, I don't know, less puzzle looking. You know what I mean? That's kind of my point, I think. Oh, okay. Anyhow. Anyway. Um, I have a really hard time deciding uh, if I'm going to read a book or if I'm going to work on a puzzle, especially if I have a puzzle started. So that, that is my fun factoid. I like doing puzzles, but it's been a really long time since I've actually sat down and done one. I have a couple ready to go. Harry Potter ones, actually. Yeah. And um, I started one, and that was probably about two years ago, and I just have not sat down to do it or complete it. But Is it still in the works? It's still in the works. I think it's in the basement. So what you really need to do is pull it out one night with a bottle of wine and have Smart. a friend over Smart. that likes puzzles. Yeah. Maybe like, me. Like you. <laughs> Maybe me. It's probably a good idea. It. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay. Uh, so I think we wanted to talk a little bit about how we met and, yes. you know, how long we've known each other. And uh, I think by this point, I think we had figured out the date. I know it was New Year's Eve that we met. It was 2005, New Year's Eve. So it's 16 years. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That just seems crazy to it's me. It's insane. Like, we were babies. Uh-huh. Um, so Katie... And um, Katie's sister-in-law went to school with me and at SUNY Cortland, uh, go Red Dragons, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, she introduced me to Katie one random New Year's Eve night. We went bowling. We did. We had a New Year's Eve bowling party and it was the first New Year's Eve that I owned my house. Oh, and really? We had, uh -huh, and the we had, yeah, The tiny house? Yeah, <laughs> tiny house, small house. Um, we had bought it in September. 
Okay. And remodeled it a little bit. And then we actually had people over. And you guys were the, I think the first night we had people over was New Year's Eve. For and real? You guys, yeah. And you guys slept in the basement. We did. Were you on a couch? I think it was a pullout couch. I think it was a pullout couch. And if I remember correctly, it probably John smelled like and I, cat pee because well, cat pee in the basement. Yeah, yeah, it definitely smelled like cat pee. And I wasn't going to judge you on that because, listen, I got cats too. Uh-huh. Um, but at that point, I, I vaguely remember telling John that we were covered in cat hair. John is my husband, by the way. Did I mention that before? Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember being covered in cat hair. And I was like, oh, this kind of feels familiar to me. Like, I've had, I've had pets my entire life. So whatever. Um, but yeah, that's how we met. And we've been friends ever since. Yes. And who talk about books all the time. Literally. Yes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, so Katie, I know we wanted to um talk about the podcast in general. Like, um, so today's episode, this episode in, in particular, is gonna be a little different than what we're planning on doing going forward. Um, so while we go forward, we are going to be talking about in our subsequent episodes a specific book for that episode, right? Are we going to have spoilers? If you haven't read the book, you'll probably want to save that particular episode until you have been able to read that specific book. So amazing. (laughs) So each episode will have a specific book, as I said, and um, we'll start out with what we're going to call the prologue. And that's kind of where we intro everything, right? And uh, we'll give a brief synopsis of each book that we're that book specifically that we're reading, and um, you know the author, the year it was published, you know all the kind of shit information you might want. I don't know. <laughs> and also in that part is going to be our cocktail teaser. Yay! We're going to make a shirt for that. By the way, yes, we you, are. You can buy a cocktail teaser shirt. Um, <laughs> speaking of our cocktail teaser, our cocktail for this episode is a screwdriver. Yeah. It's a nice, simple, back to high school cocktail. We decided on this as the our first drink. intro yeah. drink because yeah. that was our intro drink to alcohol. <laughs> yes, yeah, and almost uh, probably everybody's yeah. intro to alcohol. I mean, everybody's parents had vodka, and everybody's kitchen had orange juice, Absolutely. and there it was. Yes, yes. Um, so we are planning on doing a, a cocktail that ties to the book. For every episode. Yes. Um, and you will be able to find the recipe and we will discuss those in our cocktail teaser part of yes. our episode. Absolutely. After the prologue of the podcast <laughs> segment section is going to be uh, the story portion where we actually go into detail and yes. talk about the book. Yes. Um, and that is definitely where the spoilers are going to come in. Absolutely. And <clears throat> we will divulge all of our thoughts and opinions and spew them out of our mouths into your ears so that you can listen to everything that we have to say about it that's glorious exactly and it's kind of going to be like uh, i would say i guess in a book club format like i mean you know if you've ever been to a book club you're just talking and drinking about about a book a book exactly so um so that's pretty much what katie and i are going to be doing but it's just going to be the two of us and um but we're hoping as listeners come about, um, that we get questions and, you know, we can we can hopefully answer some of those questions about that book and, you know, our thoughts on that book. And incorporate that right into the meat of the story. Right. Each episode is also going to have an epilogue section where we uh, go into the next book and mention that as well as the cocktail teaser. Yes. So, Katie, you and I have talked about books again for 16 years that we've known each other. I don't know really the first memorable book that you ever read was. So I actually have a really funny story about that. Okay. So my my first memorable book, and I'm going to call it this because it was the first adult, quote unquote, adult chapter (laughs) book that I read, and it was A Time to Kill by John Gresham. Okay. Which I think is one of his first, if it's not his first book, it's it's somewhere near the very beginning. Um, My cousin had read it. She's a couple years older than me. And she said, you should try it. And I was like, okay. And I was like, whoa, this is a whole different world of books than Babysitter's Club. Right. Um, And I, 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 I loved it. And I was enamored by the fact that there's you know uh, killing involved mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy but at the same time there's a whole lot of race that's involved issues um it was kind of historical i think it went back in time a little bit but it just opened my world to the fact that there's adult books that are right totally different right than anything i'd ever read before absolutely 
Um, so my funny story is that at some point in my life, my mom nominated me to be the tulip queen for Albany, which is in and of itself a weird thing in general. Um, so I went to the interview and one of the questions they asked was, what was your favorite book? And my answer was A Time to Kill. And I think that immediately disqualified me. Oh, my God. From being the tulip queen for Albany or even being in her court. And then I think that there might have been cops called so that I was arrested on my way out or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. Wow. That's my first adult book and my first memorable one. Okay. So there's nothing else that sticks out in your mind is like the like what drew you to um, to reading like a certain type of genre or is that that specific book? I think it, it that pulled me into it. I mean, I've always liked thrillers and mysteries and I think that opened my eyes into the like, actual crime books right. and, and thriller horror stuff and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And that's something obviously you and I have in common because we're both very much drawn to the genre of Crime, thrillers, psychological thrillers, mysteries, mysteries, exactly, exactly. Um, How about you? What was your first memorable book? So mine is kind of a pretty similar story in a way. It was, but it was my mom instead of a friend. My mom is a ridiculous reader. She has, I just remember sitting at the, um, you know, whatever I was doing, just sitting at the dinner table, sitting at, on the couch, watching TV. And my mom was always with a book in her hand. And I think growing up with that is just like, it's important because I think reading is really important. And um, I wish my kids were like this. They're not, unfortunately, <laughs> but they have so many more things to like occupy their time. Anyway, um, I just remember my mom telling me about this book and I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I want to say middle school. And she knew how much I loved to read and she knew that I loved like um, scary books. Uh, I started out with like the Fear Street, Arl Stein, Goosebumps, you know, those kind of things. And she said, you should try this one. And it was called Postmortem by Patricia Cornwall. Cornwall? Cornwell. Sorry. Cornwell. Patricia Corn by Patricia Cornwell. Sorry. <laughs> um, so Postmortem by Patricia Cornwell. And it's the first book I can remember being like, wow, this is really interesting stuff. And it made me want to be an FBI agent when I was a kid. And obviously that didn't pan out, but it's just what I remember. You know? It's also still in your mind that that's something that you had in your brain. Exactly. And to do. Yes. And now, unfortunately, I'm too old to be an FBI agent. Like, I think to start out, you have to be like third. Like, you have to be less than 35. I think you also can't have tattoos. I don't know if that's true what? or not. I don't know why I think that's true. Okay, then I would be disqualified pretty pretty quickly. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's my that's my first memorable book that I can remember actually sitting down and enjoying as an adult reader, like you said. And that was a physical book because obviously it was pre Kindle. That was a physical book, yes. Um, but yeah, I do prefer reading typically on on a Kindle. It's just so much. It's so convenient to like put just little, fold this little thing up and put it in my purse and I can carry it wherever I want to. And it's got hundreds of books on it. You know what I mean? Not just one book. I do know what you mean. However, it does not spew out book smell, which is why <sighs> I will always, always prefer physical books. I, d- I do love book smell. I do love book There's smell. There's something about it. It's glorious. There is. New book smell is amazing. There's yes. different kinds. Yes. I could go on to a whole new podcast about all the different smells of books. Just just book smell. Book smell. Just book smell. I... And then there's library book smell, which is not nearly as good, but it's still a good smell. It's still a good smell. But I do love in just walking into a bookstore because it has that specific <laughs> smell. Oh, yeah. It's the, gr- it's the greatest smell ever. I think libraries do have a certain smell, too, just not as, you know, like fresh as a, as a bookstore. Store. Speaking of smell of books, yeah. Um, the first time my kids came home with a Scholastic Book Fair flyer, I think I got the smell of the book fair in my mind. Oh yeah, immediately. Everybody probably remembers Scholastic Book Fairs, like as a kid. I mean, it was just the best week ever at uh-huh. school. I have a really hard time not buying all the books. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it's... that I'm older and I don't have to pick one. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> Mom wouldn't let you. Uh buy 20 books at a time huh no. No. <laughs> same no. year anyway <clears throat> although i do recall going to bookstores as my present i would get books bookstore gift certificates or cards or whatever yeah friar tuck books walden books oh my god walden books yeah walden books was my go-to bookstore yes. it was and i don't think it is it, it doesn't exist anymore I right think so. i think all that really exists is barnes, barnes and, and noble, noble at this point as yeah. one of the big things Brick but and mortar stores but yeah um so specifically, we both still really enjoy the thriller genre. 
Yep. Are there other genres that you go to or like or prefer or? So that's definitely what I aim for first. Um, Chiclet, rom-com type Mm -hmm. books. Love those. I I will tell you that it's not my favorite, but there's definitely always one in my to-be-read pile. Absolutely. And our first book is actually going to be one of those type of books, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, Up until, I'm going to say seven years ago, I never would have said that I liked historical fiction. I mm-hmm. recall actually having an argument with somebody over what historical fiction was. <laughs> because in my mind, it was a historical event that is then fictionalized. Okay. And his stance was, no, it could just be a setting in history, not with an actual event in the book. And then I realized we were kind of arguing the same point. Uh, right. I think it's. <laughs> I think you can probably assume that you're both correct in that situation. Yep. But I think... When I think of historical fiction, I go with what you said. Um, it's a point in time in history that you know of, but it's fictionalized. A fictionalized like something story to yes, go with it. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I I love a series of books called um, Outlander, the Outlander series. And that takes place in throughout a, a vast amount of history. And right now, they're in the point of the American Revolution. So it's these people that, you know, you never would have known in the American Revolution, but they're kind of enmeshed in it. And it's really cool. It's interesting to read. Like, they meet all, you know, they've met George Washington. They've met Benedict Arnold. Like, it's really cool. It's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun read. I still have a hard time saying I like historical fiction, though. <laughs> I know. I totally get that. I totally get that. But I'm more of a, obviously, I still like the thrillers and stuff. But when I read, like, a heavy book, I need to almost immediately jump into either, like, chiclet or um, young adult fiction, which I absolutely adore. Like, dystopian trilogies. I love that stuff. Hunger Games, Divergent <clears throat> type. Exactly. I love that type of stuff because they're... They're easy reads, but they're still, like, socially important. And thoughtful. Yes, exactly. And um, Kind of a palate cleanser, if you will. Exactly. Yes. Like, if you're, if you're looking for more, I don't know, I don't want to say not really adult situations because there certainly are adult situations in, in these books. But, you know, if you're just looking for something like, oh, something a little bit more fun and interesting sometimes instead of all the death we like to read about. <laughs> With young adult fiction, Katie, and I don't know if you have this same issue, like sometimes when I'm reading a book that's about a 30-something-year-old person, I'm like, I don't relate to this because I'm not th- in my 30s. And then I remember, yeah, I'm definitely in my 30s. <laughs> um, I would love to say I don't relate to somebody in my 30s because I'm in my 30s, but I'm not anymore. So, oh, yeah. But I do get what you're saying. And yes. That, like in the same vein that 20 years ago was still in the 2000s exactly scary yeah 20 years ago in your mind is still in high school right and that's where you're at with some of these issues exactly and it's very much like i don't know sometimes when i'm reading and immediately like they're like oh if the protagonist is 38 years old i'm like well geez how am i going to relate to this and then 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 i realize um you're 37 so you absolutely will relate to this right there yeah you're right right there. there you know exactly what they're going through so it's just one of those things i think like a mentality kind of thing you know what i mean i do yeah Okay. Yeah. So I think that at this point we want to go into our top five books. We both made a list. We did. Yes. Um, and we're gonna go back and forth a little and give you they're not ranked. So we're gonna we're gonna do our top fives, but Correct. neither one of us could actually rank it. They're not ranked, and you also should be aware that they could change at any moment. Like I, I just think if somebody were to ask you, you know, what are your top five favorite books, you would never be able to have Maybe one or two books on that list might be like, these are my two favorite books, but maybe the other three might change at any given moment, like depending on your mood that day or, you know, like if you just read a, a new book. Or whatever you, know, you what just I, finished, exactly. that was the most amazing thing you've ever read. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. And I also will tell you, Katie, that I kind of cheated in a way. Um, I have several series on my list. So my all told, like my top five books encompasses 15 books at this moment. (laughs) And when all is said and done, when a series I love finishes, it'll be 17 books. So, (laughs) (laughs) so you know that there's two more coming still? Yes. And I'll explain more, uh, when I actually get to that 
book. But yes, there are more coming in this series. And actually, I think there are more coming in another series that I'm reading too. So all told, I could have a couple more books that in my top five, which are actually 20 books. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell me about your first one? So my first one is a book called Summer Sisters, and it's by Judy Bloom, And it has been my all-time favorite book since I was probably, I don't know, I want to say when I first read it, I was maybe 12. And it's about these unlikely friends, two girls. One is kind of awkward and strange and one is popular. And the popular girl has a, has like a family home on, I want to say Nantucket, but it's probably not Nantucket. It's one of those, you know, Martha's Vineyard, something like that. And yes, exactly. It's one of those Eastern, Eastern islands. And she invites the awkward girl to this summer home and it becomes their tradition. And it's very much a book about awakening sexuality, women, like girls to womanhood. And it just is one of those books that stuck with me for my life and probably the first book that ever made me tingly in my nethers. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my first pick for top five books. Okay. So my first is my tried and true, Alice in Wonderland. It has yes. always been near and dear to me. Yes. My wallet is Alice in Wonderland themed. I cannot tell you what my obsession is with this book, but it has just always been there. I have like a hardcover children's version of it on my bookshelf. Really? And then, yeah. And it, so it's not even the whole series because there's through the looking right. glass and it, it's literally just Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And I think the fantasy of it to me of going in someplace where everything is upside down and topsy turvy and there's a caterpillar smoking a hookah on a mushroom right. yeah. is, is, is fantastic and talking flowers. So that that's always been one of my favorites. And I actually did a whole report when I was in college about really uh, C.S. Lewis. Yes. Okay. Because he also wrote a whole bunch of other books, and he was very mathematically inclined, which is my Your, my brain, yes, right? With, um, and not mine, yeah. not my brain at all. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's always stuck to me. And it's not even so much Disney Alice in Wonderland. Like some of the best Alice in Wonderland is like the '80s real life version of the movie is just glorious. Like weird, like weird stuff. Like it's almost like so psychedelic yeah. shit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Can I tell you that I've never read that book? Oh, you should. I've never read it. I've never read Summer Sisters, so we're and, even on the right, one right. and one. <laughs> well, you know what we should do? We should each read each other's one in one book. I agree. Um, so we'll do that at some point and we'll report back. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not really a classics oriented kind of person. Like I, I enjoyed some classics and, you know, but like I always picture classics as like being forced to read them in school. You know You're what I mean? You're them and you don't want yes, to read them, exactly. which has been my issue my whole life. Yeah. I've never done good in English classes because I don't want to read what they're telling me to read. Right. I want to read what, what I, I want, want to read. read. Yes, yes, exactly. I think we're on the same point there. But in the same thing, I, I do know um, your love of Alice in Wonderland, obviously. Um, and I did love the movie. I mean, it's fun. It's a good movie. The real life one. Well, no, the, the 80s the, version. The Disney you gotta one. Go back and watch the 80s version. I, I'm talking the Disney one. I, I did love the Disney movie. Um, I'm we both are Disney movie people. We yep. love those. Yeah, never read it. I do know that C.S. Lewis based it on a real girl, right? Yes, he, he knew. He the actually girl. told the story to a girl. Got you. Okay. Yes. All right. Interesting. Also, that's not his real name. It's not. No, I'm pretty sure it's Charles Dobson. That's weird. I mean, pen names, pen names, pseudonyms, yeah. whatever. I could be making that up, too. Right. I'm pretty sure it's Dobson. Okay. All right. Interesting. Ding! Producer Chris here, just chiming in to note that the author of Alice in Wonderland is Lewis Carroll, and not C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. Okay, back to the show. Yeah. All right. What's um, number two? So, number two, I guess, on mine, if uh, we're going to jump right into a series, and it's seven books... And you all know it as the Harry Potter series. Oh, that's on my list, too. Oh, shit. Should I not have said it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I totally it's, forgot about that. It's totally fine. Um, Yes. So I, I don't really need to explain the Harry Potter series because everybody knows it. Everybody has, you know, most people have read it. Or if they haven't, they know what did it you, is. Did you start reading it from the beginning when it first came out? So, no. I mean, I would have been... I think it started in 1997 was the first book published. Um, the first book was Sorcerer's Stone. And I'm pretty certain that it was 1997. So I was 13 and had 
no idea that this book existed. None whatsoever. I don't think I knew that this series existed until college. And that's when I started reading it. I started reading it, I want to say, my senior year of college. So that would have been 2005, 2006. And I absolutely fell in love with it. This is probably one of those things where, you know, I was talking about the young young adult fiction. I think it's just, it's so fun and easy to read something that, like, you can get immersed in almost immediately. It's a different world. It's magic. Um, how can you not, as a kid, or even as a y- young adult, how can you not be interested in that? You know what I mean? I do. I um, read, I think, the first one. Mm-hmm. Not when it first came out. So I was in college and I took an adolescent lit class. Adolescent lit. Because uh, I had intentions of being a teacher. Not an English teacher. A math teacher. <laughs> and none of that worked out. Um, but the adolescent lit class assigned us Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I happened to be working at my college bookstore because bookstores, woo, <laughs> uh, at the time. And I, I'm pretty sure book number three or book number four had just come out. Okay. And there was a huge pre-sale in the bookstore, which I did not understand because mm-hmm. it wasn't college kids. Mm-hmm. We used to have this, this summer camp that would come to college yeah. for the summer. It was like an enrichment thing i guess okay and they pre-ordered whatever book was that came out and i was like how is this such an obsession with all these kids yes. that are in middle and high yes, school absolutely. and then i was like all right so i read that first one let me go ahead and read the rest of them yep. and now i'm reading them with my kids the oh, illustrated versions and yes. i uh, we read a book and then we watch a movie and that's pretty much what i was doing with my kids i i wish i could say that they are super interested in it but they're kind of um I don't want to say that they don't like it, but my kids are definitely more visual children and they would rather watch it on the screen, which, you know, I understand. Not all kids love to read. It is what it is. But I, I, Harry Potter was one thing I was like, we're doing this together. We have to read it together. Do you have the illustrated ones? I do. I do. So right now the illustrated ones are only out up to book four. And so we're waiting for book five now to come out. And Aiden and I, my son Aiden, um, he's 12 he will read a chapter on his own and then I'll read it separately so we can talk about it together. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, we're not actually reading it out loud. I just got kind of, as much as I loved that, it was one of those things like, wow, these chapters are getting really long and it's a lot. <laughs> so I adore reading with my kids, both of them. I yeah. love reading out loud to them. Harry Potter made me realize how much words, mm-hmm. how many words, mm-hmm. how much words, how many words you actually have to say when you're a reading a chapter. And my yes. throat it would get dry and I'm yes. like, Whoa. Yes. Okay, Katie. So while we're on the Harry Potter subject and listen, we know that we're going to have a Harry Potter episode at some point. We're sure not exactly are. sure when yet. Uh, we will throw out a schedule there. Um, I just have a quick question. Do you have a favorite Harry Potter book in the series? I sure do. It's Goblet of Fire, and it's the next one I'm reading with Adam, and I cannot wait. I love Goblet of Fire. Um, I will say that my favorite is Prisoner of Azkaban, only because it has probably the greatest twist ever in any book in history. Like, the greatest plot twist ever I, that's the only way that I can explain it. And again, we will go into this in detail when we actually talk about the Harry Potter books in an episode. But I feel like I just finished the book and I don't know which twist you're talking about. Seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, his uncle. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I'm, do I have to school you right no, now? Honestly? No, 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 okay. no. Because no. we do... finished it, it. We actually finished it probably like four or five months ago. And we okay. ordered book four and it took a while yes. to get it. Yes. Um, I do. I love I'm a very fond of Goblet of Fire, too. It's mostly because that's when it starts getting... Harry comes into himself, yes. I feel like, more like he he, he owns exactly. his knowledge and his yes. abilities. Yes, and he's and he's growing and we're growing with him. You know what I mean? Like I we're do. watching this kid grow up and take on these very adult situations. And I think that's what um, from four, even the end of three, from the end of Prisoner of Azkaban on, it's very much a, a dark series and dark – from dark going back to the light, which I really, I really like. You know, I've always loved the good versus evil kind of thing. So, anyway, I think that the Triwizard <laughs> Tournament also has a lot of enticement to me because it's, oh, absolutely. it's kind of like a puzzle. Yeah, each, each absolutely. Round and that's, yes, that's, that pulls me in for sure, for sure. Um, so, so your second book, my second book is the Phantom Tollbooth. 
Oh my God. I haven't read that in years. So I read that when I was younger. Okay. I adored it. It just kind of always stuck in my brain mm-hmm. as something that I, I really enjoyed. And I, I couldn't ever tell you exactly why. But as you'll realize, most of my top five books are not the normal genre that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of fantasy based. I, I do. I've always loved a fairy tale. Phantom Tollbooth, this guy, his, uh, this, not a guy, a kid, his, this car shows up with a toll booth in his bedroom and he gets in it and all of a sudden he's driving and he's in this this land where he has to go to between Dictionopolis and Digitopolis so mm-hmm. it's you know words and numbers which are crossword puzzles <laughs> like my thing like I get it and there's there's a lot of puns in there and I'm a huge pun person yeah. so I think that that really enticed me a lot and I just about a year ago I read it with Adam again oh, and fun. he could not get enough of it he yeah. wanted to read it he wanted to read it he wanted to read it and it, it just the joy of him being a reader and wanting to read things that I start with him, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know, have you, you have read it or you haven't? So I think I read it when I was a kid and then randomly when I was an adult in, I, I want to say probably about 12 years ago or so, I was working at the front desk in my office. You know, it was a boring day just answering phones and one of my coworkers used to have this box of books underneath her desk. And randomly, I just went, well, the Phantom Tollbooth. I mean, that's going to be a quick, easy read. So I just pulled it out and I started reading it. And it's enjoyable. But again, like, it's been a long time. So I couldn't even tell you, like, what it was about, basically. There, there's just, it's it's full of puns. It yeah. really is. Like, there's uh, yeah. the doldrums where nobody wants to do anything. Right. And yeah. It just, I, oh, it's so good. How about number three? Well, number three on my list is yet another series. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I've got a, a several series on this list. And it is the His Dark Material series. You've told me about this. Yes. And I still have not read it. You need to read these books. These are books, they're by Philip Pullman. And they are, it starts with The Golden Compass and then goes to The Subtle Knife and then um, I want The Amber Spyglass. And actually he is working on he's done he's finished two-thirds of a prequel series so i kind of encompass those books as part of this series as well so right now there are technically five books in this series and there's going to be six and there's going to be a sixth yes i was helping you with the math on that one yes thank you i appreciate that um simple math is my downfall anyway um so these books are yet another good versus evil dark versus light kind of thing and the reason why I started reading reading these books. These are another basically kid series books. The protagonist um, is Lyra. Um, she's 12 when the book starts out. And this is a world where everybody has what's called a demon. And it's basically an animal. It's almost like a familiar, you know, like w- yep. Wiccan, like a yep. familiar. So it's, um, you know, just this animal that's attached to you that has like your personality traits. It's, it's, it's you. It's your spirit animal. It's your spirit animal, basically. And I don't know if that's really the way I would describe it, but I, that's probably the best way that I can do it right now. Um, and it's just, it's a really fun series, but also very heavy, especially as the series moves on. And um, it deals with a lot of um, more, I want to say more like adult situations. Uh, Something that would be near and dear to my heart is like a very, (laughs) there's a very um, corrupt religious aspect to it. I was going to say, is it religion based? Because I feel like I remember there was controversy when it was first coming out. Yes, yes. Yeah, and a lot of people I think would think that it's very much um, an atheist kind of series, and 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 I am an, as an atheist, um, I also think that way. I, I don't want to say it's very atheist, but I do think that there is a difference between total atheism and saying that um, something doesn't have to be like um, so crazy conservative religious to you know what I you know what I mean. I do. Um, so. That's what I love about that series, and it's still going. Like I said, he's still writing the um, the third prequel book. Actually, now that I think about it, the first book in that series was a prequel, and then the second one was a sequel to the other ones. So I'm guessing that the I'm third really one's... confused. It's it's kind of confusing unless you know. It sounds like Star Wars. Yeah, basically, basically. Um, but I do encourage everybody to read it. Um, it came into my life again late because um my friend Chris Turo who is actually going to be the producer on this podcast what up, Chris? um yeah he um bought it for my kids 
and he sent it to us. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to read this book because I've never read it. I never watched the movie, nothing like that. And um, I fell in love with it. And I read them super quickly. And I remember being at work when I finished the third book and I was sobbing. I was like, I should not have read this at work. <laughs> I love a book that makes me cry, but I hate oh, crying over a book. I know you do. I know you do. I hate crying over a book. I do not intentionally pick up books that I know people are yes. going to say or have said that it's going to make me cry, like Lovely Bones. Apparently, that's a great book. Never going to read it. But I I think a good cry is cathartic. I love crying over books. I love it. Which is why I don't ever refuse books. Yeah. Except for things that I know are d- I don't know. It's such a weird thing. So basically what you're telling me is every time I tell you to read a book, I should never mention that you might cry. Correct. Okay. I'll, I'll, Correct. I'll keep that in so mind. So guess where Golden Compass and its whole series <laughs> just went to the bottom of my list. No. no I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. I, I will. Not. I swear to you I will read that one. All right. What's your third book? My third book is one we just read for our book club, Ooh. which, by the way, we have a book club. We do. We have a wonderful group of ladies. Shout out, ladies. I think we're up to 10. 10 people? I ten think ladies? we're at 10 people, yeah. Awesome. yeah. And we rotate houses, and mm-hmm. we, whoever's hosting gets to pick the book for the month. Um, and I just recently was the host, and we read While Beauty Slept by Elizabeth Blackwell. Which was fantastic. And I... I love this book. So this is the one, uh, what I said about seven years ago, that historical fiction kind of changed my mind. It was this book. Um, I picked this up. It was her first adult novel that was not a romance. And it's a true telling of Sleeping Beauty, Mm -hmm. which fairy tales and Disney, again, always near and dear to my heart. Sleeping Beauty is my favorite of the fairy tales. (sighs) And yeah. (laughs) Because it's amazing. Uh. It, it takes the story of, of Sleeping Beauty and it makes it something that could have actually happened. And it involves the plague <laughs> and castles and medieval times. And mm-hmm. it was it just really opened my eyes as to how stuff like that worked as far as castle. And, you know, if you live and work in the castle, you actually live and work in the castle. Right. And you're not villagers and you're not coming to the commons and... It, it was such a good book that I actually reached out to the author and I sent her an email and uh, through her website. And within 24 hours, she had written back to me. And I that obviously jumped it up the list for me because she mm-hmm. was so approachable. And when I picked up her book club, I sent her another email to the same email address that I had saved because I saved that email for seven years. Yeah. And I sent it to her and I said, we're going to use this for book club. And she actually wrote back to me again within like two days. It was amazing. She gave us interview questions that she had done about the book and a whole write up. And she's just a wonderful woman. And it was very cool because a lot of the times, like if you write an email to somebody like that, you're going to get a form email back. Or like this was obviously written by a press person an intern or yep. yes exactly but this you could tell came from her specifically yes and the book was so good and the like everybody knows the story of sleeping beauty mm-hmm. but if you'd make it into a real thing and that could have actually have happened an, yeah you have an aunt flora and mm-hmm. you have an aunt and millicent, millicent yeah and it's just the the twist at the end was amazing yes. and i'm not gonna spoil it because i think everybody should go read that book yes um, it just, it, 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 again, it opened my eyes to historical fiction as a, a possible genre for me to read. And this is where that historical fiction discussion comes back into play, because I'm not sure that I would put it in that category. I almost think I would put it as fantasy, because the original Sleeping Beauty is obviously fantasy. And this just puts it in in fantasy for me, too, because I guess only because I know it didn't happen but at the same time, you're absolutely right. It could have. Right. So even in even though it could have, yes. it's, my reason for not saying it's fantasy is because there is no mystical element right. to it. It's, well, there is a little bit of magic involved. Remember Aunt Millicent? But was it actually magic or was it just... I thought she was... It was She was, da- she was dabbling in the dark arts, man. <laughs> she was, but it wasn't anything like she cast a spell and became a sure. dragon. Yeah, no, exactly. Not like Maleficent, who yeah. is the most awesome and scary villain, in my opinion, in all of the Disney movies. That's just me. <laughs> um, So I guess we're on to book number four. Book number four. That is yet another series for me. I am... And this is another more recent kind of thing, uh, obsessed with 
A Song of Ice and Fire, which more than likely people will only know as the Game of Thrones books. Currently, there are five Game of Thrones books, A Song of Ice and Fire stories, but there are supposed to be seven. I want to say that the fifth book in this series, these are by um, George R. R. Martin, by the way, and I want to say that the fifth book in this series came out in 2005. So we are now, what's that? 16 years. The same amount of time that we've known each other. Yes. There hasn't been a new one. 16 years (laughs) that there have not been a new book. He is one of those guys who will, he's got a blog. And he'll throw out sometimes like, oh, I wrote, I wrote this chapter for, you know, this person and he'll throw it out there. But those have been out for at least 10 years at this point, you know? So I want to say, I really hope, George R. R. Martin, if you're listening, um, please finish these books because we want to know how it ends. Listen, we all watched Game of Thrones and we know how that ends, but I want to know how A Song of Ice and Fire ends. Do I remember correctly that the first book is parallel to the first series and then yes. the books and the TV show kind of seriously diverge from each other? I want to say if you're books one through three and seasons one through three and actually one through four – kind of follow the the same book one definitely it's like almost a verbatim telling um there are definitely some things left out and it starts to verge a little bit differently like george r r martin has uh hundreds hundreds of characters and you just can't translate that onto the screen so you know a character here and there might be combined into just one character on the screen that's good because i can barely follow all the characters absolutely that were on the screen yes it's it's a very it's an epic tale um once again this is a fantasy series it's dragon like everything you would want everything you'd want magic dragons um zombies basically and and princes and princesses and um a brooding hot guy who i absolutely love in Jon snow he's probably one of my favorite characters ever i know i'll get a lot of hate for that but i love him (laughs) i can't help it but yeah we're still waiting for george r r martin to finish his series and i really hope that we get to see how he intended to end it rather than how the showrunners ended it instead. Maybe that's his problem. He can't figure out how he wants to end it because he likes the way the show did it, but he veered so far away or the books veered. I think I the know. I think the general consensus is that he has almost painted himself into a corner. He never intended the show to surpass the books. The books. And um, I think he got too involved in in the show itself and, um, and writing, writing scripts. Off. Yes, and 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 stopped writing a little bit too much. And and I really do think that he. Um, I mean, we're talking about books that are each one is about a thousand pages long or more. There's just so much information in each one, and he has to be very careful not to uh, contradict any of that information. You know what I mean? Yep. I know, I think I've read things that he actually has people on his staff that tell him whether or not like a certain thing. Somebody, exactly. something yes. doing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Where something happened and they were like, nope, you can't do that, George, because Jimmy this happened. Jimmy does not have yes. a hand. Exactly. So you can't do that. Yes. Yeah. For, for real. Yeah. So that's my, that's another series I absolutely adore. Um, it's uh, it, it jumped up high on my list just because of the uh, fantasy aspect. I never thought that I would like something like that, but um, I did. I love it. Nice. It's great. Yeah. So um, my number four is actually the Harry Potter series, which we already talked about yes. because I think we slid my number two in at the same time as your Harry <laughs> Potter series. So if you want to go ahead and tell me your number five. So my number five is also a book that we read at book club. It's a book that I never thought I would have enjoyed. The second I heard the title of it, I was like, oh, I'm not really going to like that. The book is called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and it's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And uh, I was wrong as hell. <laughs> um, it's about a woman. Um, it's it's a very much coming-of-age story. She's a young girl who dreams of being famous, and she catches that dream very quickly on in the book, obviously. And... Um, she is discussing her life with uh, a journalist, and she is talking about what everybody wants to know, which is her very, uh, I don't know, lurid life of uh, having seven husbands, you know, and how and how she got each husband, and how long how each uh, marriage ended, and 
what really got me is the actual underlying relationship that lasts through many of these other um, husbands. husbands. And it's a story I think that was that's um, I don't know really needed right now. And it's one of those books that I read the last line and um, I sobbed, Katie. <laughs> I cried in this one. I did cry. Yes, I cried. I won't yeah. not cry. I think my problem is I cry real easy. Yeah, same. It's the same with me. I do as well. But um, I agree, uh, though. It was an amazing book. It's an amazing book. I think the whole point of what she was talking to the journalist about was, or the journalist was trying to get out which of her seven husbands was the actual love of her life. Exactly. Which which one was it? We are not going to spoil this one. Maybe nope. someday we'll do an, uh, an episode on this one because we both did really love this book. And um, I think it would be an interesting one to talk about. But um yeah, she does. We do find out who the love of her life was in those seven husbands. And uh, we find out a whole lot more. It's a very interesting and fun story. It was such a good book. And it yeah. was it, the formatting of the book was awesome, yes, too. It the was. way it was broken out yes. by, the, by the husbands. So book number five for Katie. So you're going to hate me. Oh, no. I don't actually have a book number five. <gasps> but here's why. Mean? So I looked at my Four, which was Alice in Wonderland, Phantom Tobooth, While Beauty Slapped, Harry Potter series. And I was like, they're all fantasy or historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And here I am saying I'm a thriller, mystery yes. lover. Yes. And then I Notice was I don't have a thriller, mystery on mine either. <laughs> right. So I was looking at my bookshelf and I was looking at my Goodreads list of what I really liked and what I've given five stars And really all I could come up with is this list of authors, of people that I just love their books. Mm -hmm. So I have Gillian Flynn and I have Robert Galbraith and the Cormoran Strike series, which is amazing. It's such a good series. Hey, J.K. Rowling, you're the best author ever. Uh, John Grisham, Patricia Cornwell, Karen Slaughter, David Baldacci, James Patterson, Janet Ivanovich, Iris Johannesson, Harlan Coben... All of these authors, I've read so many of their books, mm-hmm. and I love them, and I just, I devour them when I get them. Same. And as soon as they are available, I put them on my library list so I can get them, and I can get, like, the first person that gets them when they're published, because the sooner you do it, the faster you get the new book smell with it. Yes. And I, I just, I, I couldn't pick a single book, because this whole group of them is is just they've been so influential in my reading absolutely um and I, I i so don't hate me but i didn't actually pick a single book oh i'm not that's fine by me like i i love that like these are all authors that i have read several of their books and love um iris johansson in particular she's another one of those ones where she has that eve duncan series mm-hmm. and um I was obsessed with that series, and I still am, but I'm having trouble finding one of the books, so I have let them lapse a lot. And um, Your to-be red pile is getting bigger. My to-be red pile is <laughs> insane. I mean, it's. I'm sure you have the same issue. I have, uh, I don't know, a hundred books, like, just sitting it, it, what I want to read, and it's one of those things. It's kind of daunting when you think about it, like, when will I get the time to read this book? You know what I mean? It's especially when you have two young kids at home and, you know, you want to cook dinner every now and then at some point. And there's this thing called work. Yeah. You have to go to work and, and not read starting a podcast that, yeah. you know, is our is our dream, basically. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at with that. But yeah. So don't hate me on that. I don't hate you. Never. I could. I could never. OK, Katie. So we do have some quote-unquote listener questions for today. Um, I put that in quotation marks because obviously we don't have any listeners yet other than our our very loyal friends. So um, I did get a couple of questions from some friends today, and um, I just figured it might be a good episode to throw those out here. So the first one, these are from our friends Stephanie and Julia. And the first one is, is there a genre of books you do not like to read? There is. I absolutely uh, despise nonfiction books because I don't want to read that unless it's like a comedic memoir. In which case, Tina Fey, I'll read your boss pants every day. Yes. I would have the exact same answer as this and, and with the exact same caveat. I have read, I've read bossy pants. 
I've read Is Everyone Hanging Out With Me, which is, is Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Kaling. I've read Amy Poehler's, which I cannot for the life of me remember the name of at the top off the top of my head right now. Um, but those are hilarious and and fun to read. But I'm not interested in reading about like um uh like how things are made typically, you know what I mean? Like yep. that kind of nonfiction. It's just it just doesn't interest me. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in regular history because, mm-hmm. you know, I have such a caveat about historical fiction as it is yes um i just don't have anything really attractive of those to me yes i think specifically i i think like i was drawn to reading because it wasn't real life you know what i mean like yep. it was a different stepping into a different world exactly That's why alice in wonderland is my favorite book <laughs> yes yes and and it's just it's just you step yes you are able to step into a different world and you're able to kind of forget about the things that are going on in your life at that moment and just be drawn someplace else. So that's what we like about that. And yes, so I agree. Nonfiction is our least favorite genre of books. Absolutely. So our second question is, um, is there an author that you consider your favorite or um, that you would like to meet in in person? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm kind of torn between two. Okay. I would... Again, I would love to meet Elizabeth Blackwell that wrote While Beauty Slept because I think the fact that she responded to me made me feel like yes. we're already friends. I mean, you so guys already have a rapport together. So, <laughs> And then uh, my other answer is J.K. Rowling slash Robert Galbraith because yes. the fact that she can have those two personas and make such different books but Absolutely. that are completely enthralling to me. Yes. Uh, J.K. Rowling has always been my um, my person as well. Um, I do have a different answer for this question at the moment. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, – we can talk about this when we do our Harry Potter um, episode. But there's been a, a lot of discourse around J.K. Rowling and controversy. And, um, you know, as much as I, I love her books, I'm not sure how I feel about her as a person particularly right now. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I do agree. She she created a two series that I am enthralled by, you know, and uh, I can't even believe how someone can do that, I think. Um, whatever. Um, but my answer, and this I know is an author that you also love, um, Sophie Kinsella. Oh, yes. That's actually yep. not even her real name. Her real name is Madeline Wickham. She is a British author, and she, under the pseudonym Sophie Kinsella, she has written a lot of what people typically call chiclet books. Isn't um, she the reason why you named your daughter Sophie? She is, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I have always loved that name because I read her books. And she wrote um, the Shopaholic uh, series, which is hysterical very relatable and especially because I am what you would call a shopaholic um so it is it is very relatable series and she also has books outside of that series also with very funny relatable characters and I just adore them and I don't know how somebody can come up with this much funny things to like to happen to one character Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's just very it's very interesting to me so I would totally meet her she seems like somebody that I would get along with and could have a lot to talk about with so yeah I'd like to meet her too but I already gave you my answer (laughs) and our last question is kind of a difficult one and an interesting one if you could so we're going to do this in a certain way Katie and I both told you our top books we told you our top five books we're going to pick one book and we are going to cast two main characters in that book. Ooh. Yeah. So Katie's book was Alice in Wonderland. Yep. So I guess the two main characters that you would have to pick would be probably Alice and the Queen of Hearts, right? Yes. And here's what's tough with Katie's book is there's already been a, a live action people. book. Yes. But you have to recast these people. Okay. So I think for Alice, can I go back in time for people? Absolutely. I think I 100% am going back in time for mine. Okay. So I think for Alice, I want Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? I don't, I'm not sure how you say her last name. I think that's right. I think that's right. But like mean girls her. Okay. To be Alice. My only question about that is, isn't Alice a little bit younger than that even in the books? Or no? 
Yes, but the live action one, recent one. She's more of a teenager. She's more of a teenager too. Okay. And I don't know that she has to be young. Right. Like it could it could even be her now for like Julia Stiles. Ooh, I like that. As like a middle-aged Alice in Wonderland because aren't we all living in Wonderland? I guess at this point, yeah, we we might be. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Queen of Hearts, Queen of Hearts. That this... one's going to be really hard because I think that Helena Bonham Carter really embodied fully. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to say that for now and then you can hate me and I'll come back if I come up with somebody else different. <laughs> but I think that I, I just, if I picture It's hard to recast her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Her little tiny face and her little red lips. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Big giant head. She did it. She's good in literally everything. Like she embodies every character that she That's plays. True. But so my book would be Summer Sisters. And I told you that was a coming of age story. So this is a tough one. I I guess technically I, sh- I should choose four characters because they are young version they are young version version and the older version as they're growing up but i'm not really certain i might have to come back to that at some point because i'm not certain who would play the young them but um the the main the two main characters um they're vix uh short for victoria and caitlin and vix is the popular girl and i think i would pick jennifer lawrence i adore her agreed I think she's um, she's hilarious, and but also an amazing actor, and could easily portray the popular "you can't touch this person" aspect. You know what I mean? Yes. Plus, she's super down to earth. Oh, least, she is. at least she comes across that way. Yes, I don't haven't met her yet. Right, she seems that way. She absolutely <laughs> seems that way. I would love to meet Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer, if you're listening, we would love to meet you. Anyway, um, and then as Caitlin. This is a less a less well-known actress, but I've seen her in several things, and I think she would really embody the awkward kind of uh, out, outcast um, person, and that's Caitlin Deaver. And she, she? she has been in – I don't know. I think I've asked you if you've seen these things before, and you've said no. But she's been – she was um, a young girl in the show Justified – she was in she was a high school girl in Booksmart which is an amazing movie like it's literally the female super bad it's fantastic oh that sounds enticing it's so good and she's phenomenal in it and um she's also been in a show um she more most recently she's been in Dope Sick which I haven't watched yet but I've heard is amazing and she was in a show called Unbelievable as a rape victim and very tough watch, but she was amazing in it. And I think that she would do a really good job in that. Okay, so those are my answers. I just pulled her up on IMDb and yeah. she looks familiar, but I can't say that I've watched any of those things. So it just might be a small part in something that I saw yeah, her in. Very possibly. She's um, she's kind of more well, she's getting more well known now, but she wasn't always, obviously. But yeah, the, I, those are our three questions and those are our answers there. And um, I think that's it for that. I like that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to just stick with Helena Bottom Carter at this point, because <laughs> maybe some other episode I'll change my mind, but she is the queen of hearts as far as I'm concerned. I don't mind. I don't hate it. Okay. All right. So we're coming to the end of our episode, our intro episode, and basically what we want to talk about now is what our what our next podcast is going to be. And um, like we said earlier... Our next podcast is literally going to be talking about one specific book. And Katie, what is that book? So we picked uh, for our first true episode book, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Such a good book. Which we also read for book club. It was Sarah's pick when it was yes. her her house. And uh, definitely a chiclet. Definitely some tingles in the nether regions. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of tingles in the nether regions. All I'm going to say is elevator scene. That's yes. it. We'll talk about it way yep. more yes, next episode, will. but just keep that in mind for now. So going with our cocktail theme, we are going to have a red sassy drink yes. to go with our main character for that book. Yes. And cocktail teaser. Clink, clink. Oh. <laughs> that was really good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to if you want to find out our cocktail and the recipe you should follow us on social media which... yes you're going to want to follow our social media and uh we are on instagram and twitter at to be red pod and that's spelled t-w-o-b-e 
R-E-A-D-P-O-D. So follow us on Instagram and Twitter at that handle. And um, when you do, we will throw up a schedule of what's coming next, our recipe for the cocktail for the next episode so you can drink along with us. And we hope that you do. And we'll also ask for um, listener questions at certain times. Um, you can also email us at tobeeredpodcast at gmail.com, spelled the exact same way. And that's where you can find us. And we really look forward to hearing from you and to being in your ears. Thank you for listening um, to me and Katie talk about books. And um, rate, review, and subscribe to To Be Read Podcast. And... Uh, Join us next time when we make our to-be-read pile one book shorter. Bye. Bye. Uh, do you have a favorite author or – and – sorry, shit. <laughs> sorry. I just read the, wrote these down fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs>